show stopper i'd like to uh let's dedicate yeah exactly there were fights last night what's that about mr robinson i like a, a take a doll for the hat and attribute 119 to mr anthony anthony he was sending me he and his wife just had a, a wonderful baby goyle last night uh, or maybe it was the night before last he didn't sleep for 48 hours and he's in the show stopper now listening so hats off to you bro uh, I love it. I love uh, uh, fatherhood and on Father's Day, no less. Fatherhood, well, it's it's Father's Day in the U.S. Um, but good man, good man, good man. God bless you all. So, anyway, um, yeah, you know, I, I went into this weekend's fights having more cares on the card. I think, according to Steph, I had seven cares on the card, which was unusual for a card that I, I felt pretty lukewarm about. 
I came in second place. Uh, Steph took first. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. And uh, and uh, and John Nash, as usual, came in last. Actually, John is maybe the more winning ones, but of course, that doesn't matter to a jujitsu player like me, who will make a loss seem like a win on any given day. So, um, um, so uh, uh, the fights. Ah, yow. You know, you might analyze a drug, right? Like, uh, you know, how was your high last night? Was it a ragged high? Was it a rugged high? How was a how 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 was a roll last night? And it was a really it was we weird because with ESPN Plus, I missed the first few fights because I didn't care about them anyway. So unless unless one of you tells me through Twitter, oh Eugene, you know you gotta you gotta check it out. I typically don't check it out, and also you know I didn't do any commercials at the top of the hour because I trust you. It's all right. So a uh, nobody said, hey, you gotta see these fights, and it wasn't until the aftermath that everybody was like, oh bro, did you see the thing on Twitter? So I had to go back and find uh, find, and I love Robert Drysdale. Let that be said first of all, but his fighter was an NCAA wrestler, right? So the guy is no stranger to controversy or difficulty at all. Says between the second and third short notice fight, who I blame on the bald one, and we'll get into him in a bit. You know, um, he, he uh, says, hey, after the second, third, second, second round, bro, between the second and third round, I want to go out. Call it. Call it. He's like, no, I want you to get back in there. And then, okay, anything can happen before Wednesday. We know that anything can happen before Wednesday. People could talk as crazy as they want, but Drysdale is already in there and already defending his actions and activities connected with ignoring a guy's 10-time repeated request to say, I don't want to go out and fight. Not lost on anybody that an NCA, uh, NCAC commissioner had to come in and say, hey, what's going on? Do you want to? He goes, I don't want to. And Drysdale says what I expected him to say and what I know he should say and probably what a good coach should do. Like I've talked to before about that supremely talented fighter that, 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 that I used to know who in an amateur fight had a pretty talented, like John, Johnny Boney Joni talented. And uh, he had an opponent who was scared of him, but had an opponent who had a good first round because dude wasn't pushing, you know, pulling the trigger on anything. Could have taken him down, could have murdered him on the ground, just didn't with sort of the lights, the crowd. Not everybody can get up on the stage, which is people say, you know, music folks have interviewed me. They say, what do you like more, you know? Do you, do you like competing, jiu-jitsu, or when you used to do MMA or being in a band? I go, largely the same. And they, then they laugh and they go, of course, I have with Oxford to load a gear into a band and take it to a show to fight members of the audience. That doesn't ha- and anyway, it doesn't happen anymore because there are enough fighters in the audience where I just kind of look at a guy and then the, the, like the, in that place in Carlisle, England, all the fighters jumped him and took him out. The guy was being disruptive, trying to screw the show. It's like, great, man. I got my own bouncer, mobile bouncing squad. Cool. But I say, no, the, the instinct is all the same, and it feels largely the same to me from top to bottom. It feels the same. It doesn't feel very different at all, except one, I get to articulate things, and that's with Oxbow, right? I'm actually saying something uh, versus, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You can't talk, actually. I discovered after I got beaten by a guy who's a black belt now, and during the whole competition, I was, I think it was a U.S. Open, I was laughing. I've talked about this guy before, and the, the guy kind of pauses at one point and goes, you okay? Like, hey, yeah, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Now, he beat me, he outpointed me, but uh, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. That's when I got Brazilian. What's Brazilian, Eugene? 
when there's nobody in my age grouping, they bump you down three age classifications and up two weight categories. Because they don't want to give you back your $35 entry fee. <laughs> and I go for it every time. They say, ah, you get a t-shirt, bro. I, I don't need a $35 t-shirt, man. And they go, well, you know, you know, you get a medal. I go, ah. go, oh, they, they, they make you feel bad. They, they say, we can get a medal. I go, what do I want a medal? Why don't beat anybody? They go, oh, big sucker. Got him. Well, you could go down a couple of age categories. What, what age grouping? Well, you know, this guy's 30, 30 years. Masters too. Oh, oh, yeah, cool. Actually, you know, there's nobody in your weight category. You don't mind going to unlimited. Unlimited 30 years old, huh? This was like three or four years ago. Well, I'm 54. Ah, you know, what? Are you, it's hard to get small, small people against larger people. Oh, yeah, really? What about old, old, old as the hills people against young, sprightly, murderous, steroid using people? What about that? You got a category for that? Yeah, apparently the one I was in. So, you know, the guy is an NCAA wrestler, and he says, you know, I want out. And, you know, on one hand, you don't want to let the guy you, – you don't want to let him leave the cage and cripple. But on the other hand, you got to give the guy credit for, you know, knowing when to hold it and knowing when to fold it. And when in boxing days, when Roberto Duran said no moss and left, people laughed at him. One of the benefits, touted benefits of MMA initially was that, hey, you don't take the kind of abuse you take in boxing because you can tap out at any time. This was a verbal tap. I understand Drysdale did, like when I interviewed the cops this, uh, uh, this week for this piece, I still haven't finished, and I, I tried to give it to the police union. The guy said, no, 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 you can't give it to the police union. And I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, they are doing exactly what they're paid to do. They're supposed to, supposed to advocate for their people. It's not their fault. I said, okay, so it's not the cops' fault. The cops are the finger puppets. It's not, it's not the union's fault. The unions are doing what they're paid to do, advocate for people. Whose fault is it? And I, I don't want to ruin the peace for you, but eventually the guy turned and blamed it on SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States of America, with the Citizens United, which it took all the, all, the, all the handcuffs off in terms of campaign finance so that the unions can turn around and, and, and fundamentally pay for politicians who then get all wiggly until it comes time to not be wiggly. So the heat that the cops are feeling now is largely as a result uh, of the heat that the unions are feeling, which is largely as, as a result of the politicians getting wiggly and going this way versus that way. Had it been six, four months ago or five months ago, the, the politicians would have been on the sides of the unions because of hey, hey, campaign donations. But that's not the point. The point is that uh, a dude, sorry, you just eating lunch because I know some of you are sensitive uh, to me eat lunch, that the dude, look, Drysdale did what he was supposed to do. And up until Wednesday, I'm still going to give him the benefit of that. The guy's defending himself. It's expected that he'll defend himself and encourage. However, if I'm an NCAA wrestler who gets caught up, called up on a short-notice fight, short-notice fight in, in, um, in Las Vegas, you know, with the COVID stuff, and I'm fighting a guy who, who expected to fight. Yeah, Exactly. Nobody knows it's not their night like the guy who's actually the one in the fight. Who, who got called up a short nose and is just getting murdered. You, you got to give me the benefit of the doubt, bro. You got it's, – it's not, I'm not even close here, okay? I'm not – what am I doing with this on? I'm not even close. My neck was getting hot. I'm not even close. This is not a question of me being strong in the head. I'm a realist. 
like Linton Kwesi Johnson saying, a merciless realist. Let me get out of there. So keep in mind, I didn't get on that fight. I got into like four fights in before I started watching, watched to the end, and was like a teeter-totter, you know, teeter, a weeble. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I'm weebling. I'm, ba- I'm balancing the fight, being like, eh, 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 eh. And then somebody tweets out, and I watch this clip of the guy essentially begging. Have you ever seen any pornography where the performers are begging to not perform? Now you haven't seen that. You know why? Because people in pornography want to make money, and that shit is depressing. A very small percentage of you, I don't say zero, a very small percentage of you would go, I got to get me some of that crying porn. Where people are crying about, and they and they don't want to continue the scene, and then they 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 keep crying, but they continue the scene, and then they, and then the the guy, the producer's off camera saying, "Come on, you got to get in there, you gotta, you can't quit." <laughs> I know a, a, a buddy of mine who trained with a famous team around here, and he uh, got both of his biceps torn, and the first time he did it, uh, the pro fighter that he was training with got him in an arm bar, kind of like uh, uh, r- r- against uh, 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 Miller. And he said, he starts to tap. The guy goes, I'm not going to recognize the tap. He goes, the guy, he goes, dig down deep. So the guy stands up like, uh, like Roberts did. Big mistake. I always go the other way. And snap, and it rolled up like a Venetian blind. Yeah, there is something for everybody. Like that guy, the, the porn star that we interviewed said, you know, there isn't a single person in America who somebody wouldn't pay to see them sticking up inside of themselves. Truer words have never been spoken doesn't mean you need to see it. So he's a dig down deep, snaps his bicep, has to go to the hospital. They patch it up. Guy's out for six to eight months, comes back, gets into the same situation with the other arm, dig down deep, snaps the right bicep. Matching pair of biceps. Took him about a year and a half to get out of this. Got no one to hold it and no one to fold it. And so why, why am I lukewarm on the fight? So that's just one fight. Well, I was lukewarm before that and then had to go back because of, through acknowledgement on Twitter because of all this stuff happening on, 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 with, the, with the first fight. And before I'd even finish that, before I'd even finish that, the bald one is there saying that, that uh, Blades is stupid, fought stupidly. It was a stupid fight. Acting like the only reason he's giving a guy a shot in the short that, that, that he's giving a guy a shot in the shorts because he's an objective arbiter of, of, of fight behaviors and not because this has to do with uh, Blades being very vocal about siding with Johnny Boney Joni, all, all the refuseniks, McRapist, George Masvidal, the Diaz's, all the cats are saying, hey, you got to get up, get off the land, 80 percent, dude. Sorry. So suddenly dude fights a stupid fight. And I realized somehow watching the fight as a camera, I've gotten used to, I've gotten used to the empty arenas. To some degree, I miss the crowds. You know, buffers there kind of creates, it's a weird kind of kabuki theater where he's acting like there are crowds here, but there are no crowds. But the camera, as it spans around the auditorium, and I see the bald one there, and I started to get, you know, you remember five or six, maybe 10 shows back, I was defending the guy. What did I say by way of defense? I said, 
nine out of ten times given the same looks, you or me, you know, don't go from cardio kickboxing in Boston to a multi-billion dollar corporation. We don't do it. I want sympathy for the devil. I want to give the guy. But then as a camera goes, pans, you know, pans through the, through the audience, and I see the bald one sitting there, and I just had a visceral uprising of hatred and disdain. Oh, why, why, Mr. Robinson? Why do you have this sudden feeling? And then on one of the interstitials, the commercials between, I hear his voice, his stupid voice, and I'm like, what? Why am I having this weird reaction where I've never had it before with him? Suddenly, and I say, it's that Walter White moment. Do you remember when Jesse, Jesse, Jesse gets into an argument? Well, I got into many arguments with Walter White, and he says, hey, you know, you, you, with the, we're in the meth business. What is this? And he goes, yeah, you know, I told you we're in the meth business. He goes, yeah, but now it seems like we're in the money business. We're not in the money business. In the power business or empire. I don't remember what he said, but he went, bing, people just listening. I'm doing Escaladia with my hands. Bing, 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 bing. Not just drugs, not just meth, you know, not just money. I got, a, I got more money than God at this point. It's power, raw power, you know? Now you've heard me tell that story about Oxbow playing in Bristol. We're super excited because we're playing support for Robert Plant. It's a festival, but we play and then Robert Plant plays. And like that old Bugs Bunny cartoon where Daffy Duck is trying to compete with Bugs Bunny and then he drinks the dynamite and the nitroglycerin and all this shit. And then he, he jumps, does his flip and he does it and he explodes and he, and he finally get the audience finally applauds. And then you see him on a cloud playing a harp going, it's a great trick, but I can only do it once. Old vaudeville joke. You know, yeah, old vaudeville joke. So he, he, you know, that that's so. So I'm thinking Robert Plant's gonna see Oxbow play, and I'm just killing myself by the stage. I think I even that was a show which I like knocked some guy out where the guy groped me on stage. It, it wasn't that he groped me that I knocked him out. It was that he did so with an intent to hurt me. You know, I don't think you've ever had your cock and balls squeeze as hard as my cock and balls were squeezed that night and I knocked the guy out. Then I, you've heard me, don't Donna Shalala me on my own show, but you've heard me talk about, uh, and then I had to read the guy's blog and he goes, I don't know what happened to me. You know, um, there you go. So, um, so uh, I'm killing myself. And I go, yeah, get off the stage. Go, okay, we're done, man. Hey, uh, what's that? So Robert, Robert around somewhere. Is it? They go, oh, yeah, there he is. I'm like looking down here, and I see the helicopter. And the helicopter lands, and I was like, ha, of course. Of course, guy who's been on top of the world, a rock god since 1963 or whenever the hell, he's not fucking sitting in the back green room watching Oxbow. He's in a bubble bath, helicopter stage, helicopter bubble bath. Fuck Oxbow. But when I see that bald fuck who drew some heat for not showing up at the, uh, at the fights at one point and has drawn heat for watching boxing when he's at the fights, when I see him at, sitting at the fights, not even looking, looking at his phone, you know how infuriating that is? 
You're going to have an opinion about me fighting a stupid fight. How much of that fight did you see? It's a common courtesy. You ever go to dinner with somebody who can't take their eyes off the phone? You ever go to dinner with them a second time? And he did not have his mask on. So it was a 360 degree offense to me. You realize, you realize that the, the act of wearing, people wear a mask for sex parties and Halloween. They wear a mask for New Year's Eve, for fun. You don't even have to be pro-social to wear a mask because you're not so much protecting yourself as you are, if you might be a super spreader, protecting somebody else. So you have politicized something. Harley just did an interview with Decibel Magazine, Harley from the Henzo Fight Team, which is another story, as well as from the Crow Mags. And he said, you know, he's laughing about all the guys out there with guns protesting. You're going to shoot a virus? It's like Boonwell had a song in which uh, I talked about uh, uh, the garbage, the dump truck. And I said, fundamentally, the dump truck does not care. The dump truck doesn't care. Your virus doesn't care. Cool. Go ahead. There's that cat, you know, Trump guy who's like, well, you know, I know my friend died and his uncle got, my friend's uncle died. My friend got sick, but I still think it's manipulated. You got, you got yourself politicized into a place where you are jumping in front of a train track going, I'm not believing that that train is coming for me. Besides which, that's the same train that always comes. And I haven't gotten hit by that train before. Six members of Trump's team have to beg out. And he's angry because they went public with it. The mask, actually, if you are a super spreader, they lower the chance of somebody else getting sick from you by 80%. I have never prayed like I've been praying that the bald one and, 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 and Trump get, get COVID. You don't know. I'm pulling out all the stops. Buddha. I don't care. Vishnu. I'm asking for them all. You come on, baby. I had a buddy once who had expensive Italian shoes, and we were standing on the edge of a lake, and somebody scoots up on a, on a, on a windsurfer. So what, do you, what do you call those things? He's windsurfing. Windsurfing board, right? And my buddy goes, hey, can I try that? And he's like, sure. Ah, you want to take your shoes off? And he goes, no. And so my buddy with these expensive Italian shoes climbs on the guy's uh, windsurfer and windsurfs out to the lake in the center of the lake, tacks back all the way back in. And I've never prayed like I prayed, fall, fall, fall. And dude comes up on the beach, steps off the board. Fuck, man, that was nails. <laughs> that was like... That was badass, bro. That, what could I say? I pray to God that you would fall into that lake and nothing happened. I don't know whether this is a denial of the existence of God or, or the denial of my hateful intentions, but you are the king. Um, yeah, but it doesn't. It, 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 it's one thing to say. It's one thing to make, you know, a personal choice. It's another thing to make a, a political choice. We're all going to stand on the railroad tracks. What do you mean, we? You go stand on the railroad tracks. That's fine. But if you standing on that railroad tracks is motivated by a belief in the non-existence of, of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, of, of the railroad that somebody has convinced you of, sorry, 
Sorry. Now, you know, I happen to be from a target zone, so I might be a little sensitive about it. 57-year-old African-American. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, I just went shopping, right? And, uh, you know, I, I don't have any, any, yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Keep from spreading it. I don't have any compunction about, bro, you stand too close. Because if we're going to play the standing too close game, I, I'm okay getting a lot closer to you than you're probably okay with having me close to you. So he's sitting there, and, 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 and I'm confused about the political game because I want to hearken back to the RNC. This is a guy who is drunk off of the, the, the mechanism of standing behind a microphone and having an audience respond. He's done way too many ensconced in the MMA community. And do you remember this at the Republican National Convention when the bald one steps up to the mic? So I'm from the UFC, the, the Dana White, he steps up, he goes, hey, how are you doing? And it crickets. Crickets. I always love that when people get out of their comfort zone and realize nobody. Have you seen, my favorite thing is like famous American actors or, or rock stars, when they go to places where people don't expect them and therefore all that celebrity stuff slides away. Yeah, Exactly. They were, the whole audience was like, who's that guy? Who is that guy? It was MMA. What is it? You know, when I write a piece on MMA for mainstream publications, I still have to say mixed martial arts, you know, open paren, MMA, closed paren. Because inevitably, inevitably I get letters. What's MMA? <laughs> so this is our little niche, okay? And so I look at these celebrities. And this ex-girlfriend of mine actually happened to be in L.A. L.A. Starts chatting up a guy. Hey, did we go to high school together? Guy's like, no. Said, oh, did you go to maybe junior high? No. And so they start, you know, and as he leaves, you know, he turns around. And he says, goodbye, Jennifer Scott. And she's like, yeah, weirdo. Later. He leaves. It's a pet food store. She's buying some dog food. All the gay guys in the store come up to her. Goes, oh, my God. How do you know Brad? She goes, Brad. Brad who? They go, Brad Pitt. That was Brad Pitt you were talking to. She goes, who's Brad Pitt? Not in the movies. Didn't know. So, you know, the, the little fiefdoms that this guy exists within, you know, so it's, it's not like there's all this, all, this, all this love. And it's pretty clear that, I don't want to say apolitical is not the quite, quite the right word to describe Trump, but it's like um, he is allegiance-free. He re he be his belief as stated in a tweet, is that people are wearing masks to make him look bad. I retweeted this out. Because that's, like I said, 10th level narcissism. You got to be fucking kidding me. You mean that 79-year-old lady who I saw in the supermarket who's toddling along with a cane and a mask is doing it because she wants to make you look like shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, so dude holds this rally in Tulsa, and at this point now, I I could use them interchangeably. Like if you remember Ibn Arabi in the Bezels of Wisdom, he talks about how a, a, a shining a mirror, your perception is is like shining a mirror, and we start out life with a very dirty mirror. 
And as we shine, the, the reflection, you know, as we come to a place of self-understanding, the reception gets clearer and clearer and clearer and more clear. And eventually it is so clear that you don't even know it's a mirror that you're looking into anymore. Your identification with self is one-to-one. So, you know, I don't see them fundamentally as being very, very, very different at all. And I, and, I got, and I got, you know, and I got my Trump guys who say, you don't understand. And we've broken it down to, what is that great line uh, from, uh, from Deadwood? He goes, yanked in his muscle, and I don't like muscle. And for, for 80%, 90% of my Trump guys, the issue is, instead of muscle, replace it with the machine. Business as usual, business as usual, it, uh, uh, the machine is business as usual, and I don't like business as usual. And in Trump, they view, they view, a, 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 uh, they view him as a, uh, as a disruptor with no allegiance to either, either right-wing ideologues or, or, or left-wing ideologues. Right. And generally, we're all here because we favor that type of, uh, of personality. The FSU guy. Fuck shit up. Except for the fact that you, there is no, no system deeper into human foibles and weakness, as well as influence trading, peddling, and, and backroom dealing than the casino business. And like my, my, my three-card Monty friend, which is, I think one of you kind of compared politics to three-card Monty, said that I've been taken in by the guy, look for the P, look for the P, find the red, find the red. My three-card Monty guy in Tel Aviv said, Eugene, nobody who knows anything about life plays this game. In other words, don't trust a casino unless you know where your wallet is, and he doesn't. So before... Opposition, op, opposition to Kaepernick seemed to play well. It seemed to play well. This week, I retweeted it out. He's like, yeah, you know, I think it would be a good idea if Kaepernick, if Kaepernick was able to play again. Good idea. Why? Because that's what the smart money would say. So, yeah, you could have a guy who doesn't have an allegiance to the left and who doesn't have an allegiance to the right, but you have to question, you know, quo vada, not quo vadis, que bono, who benefits? In every single action with, with a casino owner, you understand the name of the game is the same as it's always wow. been. The house always fucking wins. Exactly. Heads I win, tails you lose. But then you have free radicals. Now, I know some people are saying free radicals, nothing. Free radicals, nothing. BLM, not Bureau of Land Management. Uh, yeah. Oh, bro. President throw hashtag Rahoa in there. As well as 14. You know what? What we got to tell you everything? Sorry, I got to straighten my leg. Ah, ah. What purpose does that serve? It reminds me of the guy who I've got coming up on the second season of Ozzy Confidential said to me, uh, uh, Eugene, it's not so much that uh, I hate Jews, but that, 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 that I love Hitler. 
you do you do understand that and this guy this cat that I interviewed is uh, is I think pri- primarily he would list on he wouldn't list racist on his tax return he would probably list artist as Hitler himself once was you know so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um so uh um but I think to a certain degree, you know, what is that expression about? I don't have a dog in this hunt. These cats have a philosophical dog. They have an artistic dog. They have a meta dog, a macro dog. But the reality of it is this, this argument that, um, that BLM is funded by Soros Hey, whatever happened to, where's Dude Man? <laughs> I, I try to give him some time at the, at, at the uh, uh, I try to give him some time at the beginning of the hour to talk. I, I, I need some clarification for, for why, why I'm a piece of shit. That always helps me. Helps clear my mind. Even on Father's Day, this is an argument that I would count me. I don't know if you saw... Uh, uh, in praise of stepfathers. I read about, uh, uh, yeah, that's exactly where I was going with that, bro. Exactly. One, three, five, six is more. So you have the macro issue of, oh, George Soros has put tons of money in the BLM. Well, you know who else put money in the BLM? Well, who's about to? Me. That's me. And if you want, you want my take, uh, who I think, who I, I, I have, think has a compelling take. Actually, I don't like him all that much, but I think he has a compelling take is Michael Che. And I only say I don't like him that much is because I met him um, backstage at Aussie Fest and he was kind of churlish. But I'm, I'm not holding against the guy because he was right about to go on. So I understand. I'm no Rollins, but if you catch me, you know, 30 seconds, a minute before I'm about to go on. Yeah, I'm just going to read you what 1356 is more just said. George Soros funds TYT, LGBT, bunch of flags, emojis, BLM. It's disgusting. I'd like to personally gas his family. Yeah, there you go. I think that's enough to get you out. <laughs> Yeah, that's enough to get your dumb ass out. Uh, you might want to get another screen name and come back in. Uh, <laughs> and then, let's see. Hide user. You're done, asshole. Um, and you're gone. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> uh, so I, I just, I find, I find, I find a couple of things boring. I find America's obsession with race boring. I find racism boring. And I find guys who are tone deaf boring. So somehow if, if the meditation on show 119 was what a piece of shit Eugene S. Robinson is, then we could, dude man might have something to say, but it's not this show. It's not. So uh, I'm willing to give you some time. You could call in, use a burner phone, don't care. But Michael Che, you know, uh, uh, said, 
he's talking about Black Lives Matter, and he says, you know, um, he says, uh, uh, he says, you know, he counters with it, all lives matter, blah 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 blah, and he says, matters. We can't agree on this. That matters. Matters. It's <laughs> just hundreds of matters. We can't even get to matters. He goes, things are so. That's how bad things are. Matters. And then somebody else said something pretty clever that my wife told me about. And they said, it's like going to somebody's a funeral where somebody's kid has died. And they say, oh, you know, that kid, I, I, you know, I really love, you know, I really love that guy. Really, that kid just really mattered to me. And, and then you say, yeah, yeah, you know, but all kids matter. Talk about a very specific circumstance. I'll give you another example. At one point, my mother was always concerned about me and the quality of my manliness, not the lack of manliness. She read something in Dr. Spock when I was a kid that said mothers, uh, sons that grow up with strong mothers. And I, co I, I come from, hey, Stacy, thank you. We're going, we're going in a bit after the show is over. They got a, a surprise for taking me out. Said so the mother, sons who uh, have strong uh, mothers, and I come from a line of strong women, my grandmother, my great grandmother, my great aunt, um, have a greater propensity. Now keep in mind, this is like some 1957 Dr. Spock book, have a great propensity for growing up to be homosexual men. <laughs> so my mother was always concerned about the quality, uh, you know, <laughs> macho. Like, and of course, I didn't help at all, right? Like getting into bodybuilding when I was nine years old and having pictures of bodybuilders on my bedroom wall. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and at one point, um, uh, uh, oh, he's back again. He he made another thing. He made another thing. It's it's pathetic, man. It's pathetic, bro. He <laughs> he's now he's now in another category. I gotta block you again. I can spend all my time doing this. I can spend all my time doing this. There we go. Hate speech. <laughs> So she says to me, um, she says, uh, um, what does she say? She says, uh, 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 okay, she's concerned about bodybuilding. Oh, she says, um, at one point, I say, uh, we're talking about the draft. And I say, I'm not going, I'm not going to the draft. I'm not going to go. I don't want to fight. And she's like, she thought that this was a, a, a statement of cowardice that I would refuse, that but keep in mind, I'm a kid of the '60s, right? So I saw people burning their draft cards, the whole bit. I said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go fight." And she thought this was, this was like I lack intestinal fortitude. She got angry with me. She's like, "You gotta go. You gotta do what your country." You know. And then finally, I said, "Let me, let me break it down for you, mom. Your son, dead. Your, you can keep changing it, bro." You can keep changing it. It doesn't matter. You're not getting through. <laughs> uh, he's good. He's changing his screen name to niggas this or niggas that. Like it's going to bother me. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> like I even know who Garrett Rolfe is. Um, so anyway, so she gets she gets angry. And she says, you know, um, she says, what did she say? You know, cowards. I say, the translation is very quickly. No, you don't see him because I blocked him. Yeah, I'm deleted. So he keeps creating new screen names to come in. And I said, your son dead. And then finally she gets it. She goes, oh, yeah. Moreover, me dead, 
rich politician's son with bone spurs, not dead. Not dead. So, so fundamentally, I come down on the side of with BLM. I, I say, you know, you can politicize it. We could talk about Soros. We could talk about this and that. I'm going to break it down for you real simple. Me, dead. No, I block him. He's blocked. He's blocked and, and he's reported. <laughs> Which I think what happens is enough time it happens like the YouTube kids. And I have a guy who works at YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a friend who works at YouTube. He was just by here the other day. Uh, I wonder if we could grab this guy. Well, you're there. You free Garrett Rolfe. Okay. Good for you. So, uh, any, anyway. So um, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. That's really what it comes down to. 100% of the time, down to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to report them too. <laughs> you know, this is, this is like what, what's funny about this cat is, is <laughs> what's funny about this cat is that there's no circumstance under which under which he would ever meet me face to face, like zero circumstance, like zero, like ever, like ever. Moreover, he wouldn't meet any if we had if we had a public event. Say I do a national tour where I'm going to just go show Stomper live nationally, and I'm going to show up at a club or a bar near you. People pay for tickets and show up. He would not show up, even if I signed an affidavit that I wouldn't beat his ass. He wouldn't show up. Why? <laughs> so, so that's it. You know, I got my mother was a cop for 10 to 12 years. Yeah, exactly. I would do a tribute to, to do that. And he could rant on stage. But my mother was a cop for 10 to 12 years. Got plenty of friends who were cops. But it's interesting. African-American cops feel a little bit differently. They feel a little bit differently than the white cops. Understand it's a miserable job. Miserable job. Absolutely miserable job. Couldn't do it. And now when they find out how squeamish I am, but my cop friends will come and tell me stuff. I cannot take it. I cannot take it. I can't take it, man. I honest to God can't take it. And I'm not talking about crimes against adult human beings. That I could take. That's just depressing. As they whatever. That that. But when they start talking about when they start talking about crimes against kids, oh you, you, you know, this is and now we come full circle on the Father's Day thing. I can't listen to it. Can't listen to it. I can't absolutely can't listen to it. And there was some there was a case recently, a kid died like in I don't even remember where it was. I'm choking to death. And his parents apparently, or it's usually a mother and a stepfather, or a stepmother and a father. They somehow decide that they need to make the kid drink for a seven, seven or a nine-year-old kid. Um, yeah, boy. And they decide that they needed the kid. They made the kid drink four gallons of water. And the kid died in the backyard. Because I remember being seven to nine years old. I remember that. And I talk about that in the piece uh, in praise. If you go to ozy.com, 
You can find it. It's in praise of stepfathers. Or follow me on Twitter. You can find it. I had a good stepfather. And I had a good stepmother as well. I, I just can't. Since becoming a father myself, can't. I can't. I can't. Could not do it. Could not spend a week on that job. Oh, man. Man, yeah. Dead, burnt, dead babies. Can't. Can't. Good man's got a nose left. And to, to put that in perspective, uh, and without going into too great a detail, you have, well, the amount of horrible shit I have done and could do, if you could actually know the full enormity of it, you would understand how stunning of a statement that is. That couldn't do it. Average week on the job for, for a cop could not do it. But the whole discussion, the whole discussion about cops and police brutality doesn't exist on a macro level for me. It exists on a very, very micro personal level. And, and I, the best way I can communicate it is me dead. That's it. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you, Mr. Robu. Oh, boy, boy. Now, that's a guy you got to hang out with. A rich guy like Robu. I love hanging out with that guy. So, uh, so he, uh, um, so, so the bald one's sitting there. The bald one's sitting there with um, no mask. Okay, no mask. All right, no mask. Not paying attention to the fight. Okay, got that. Not paying attention to the fight. No mask, not paying attention to the fight. And so no mask and not paying attention to the fight and has a temerity post-fight to say that the guy who's, who's siding with the cats who have brought them in, how much revenue? I, I, I asked John Nash to do a breakdown for me to figure out what the what the hourly salary is for some of the top-ranked fighters. Because people get to, oh, Johnny Boy Joni, he got $5 million. That's plenty. That's plenty. Really? What time does Johnny Boney Joni get to work? Let's break down his day. What time does he get off of work? Break down his hourly involvement bit by bit. Because I guarantee you, John said he's, he'll try. He's got a better hand on numbers than I am, right? He's got a better number on numbers than I am. He, you know, the hourly wage, would it make a difference to you if I, if I told you that the top, the top guy, the top guy is making $8 an hour? So when that cat sits on his stool, when that cat sits on his stool and says, Call it. Exactly. And that guy says, call it. You fucking call it, man. What is that great line? You know, um, what is it? it stands against me. Who stands with me? Who stands with me? I mean, fundamentally, keep in mind, it's not just Johnny Boney Joni at this point. The refuse Knicks are, 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 are legion at this point. 
Got both Diaz brothers. Got McRapist. That's three. Got George Masvidal. Got Johnny Boney Jones. That's five. You got guys crawling out. Congo uh, is talking about his old suit, which is uh, about the, the testing is skewed. But fundamentally, this is an employee, uh, employee dissatisfaction suit, right? Denial of earning ability. I forget what it's called. All right. The numbers are piling up. And the bald one can act like he doesn't have a problem. And maybe he does it. Maybe he um, um, maybe he he breaks a strike in the same way that causes me to go Cal Scalak. It's hard in these individual contributor sports. You know, it, it's hard in these individual to, to get people to stand united. But you know what helps people stand united? You know what helps focus the mind? 20%. That helps focus the mind. If Nash comes up this week on show money, comes up with an hourly wage, that focuses the mind. Oh, I'm going to share this with you. Uh, dude, dude man is in, and he's asking me a question. How long have you sucked off men? <laughs> How come with these cats, it always ends up there really quick? <laughs> How come it ends up there with them like really quick? Clearly, clearly, dude, man, <laughs> dude, man has an unrequited love affair for me. I think it, it stemmed from when I offered him to juggle not one, but both of my nuts in his mouth if he would like. That's the least I can do. Now, fighters, I mean, it's all relative. Are fighters poor? Now, fighters feel, look, look at me. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel like, look, if you, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, or three o'clock in the afternoon, and you can decide, you can decide what you want to do. Then, in my mind, you're successful and you're doing better than I. Am. Because at one o'clock in the afternoon, typically on a day, I got to answer to somebody else. I got meetings, I got articles, I got deliverables, I got stuff I got to write. Moreover, I don't. It's not like at six o'clock. I'm Fred Flintstone. I can the, the pterodactyl put the thing in the bird's mouth and I can go fly out to my car and I'm done. No, no. I get texted at, at 8, at 10, I get 7 in the morning. Fine. Probably my hourly wage, if you break it down, it's probably $4 an hour. But I like my job, and I'm not taking shots to the head. So, you know, I, and it's, it's, it's a weird, what's happening is this weird culty personality thing. Culty thing. So we look at this, this disruptor and we confuse the cause and effect. Yeah, $4 a minute. <laughs> we confuse the cause and effect, right? Oh, George Soros. It has nothing to do with George Soros in my mind. It has to do with me, QTAT, making quick time across town. Now, I could go micro on this and say that I figure that this is a product of fear or like I did before when I said that slaves didn't show up in tuxedos, they showed up naked and the enduring nature of, uh, of the racist underpinning, uh, the sexual underpinning of, of racist activity and belief and so on. 
But the, the reality of it is, the reality of it is, it's still really simple arithmetic to me. I wrote a piece for Ozzy, which I've referenced in one of the pieces that I tweeted out, which you have, when the guy stopped me, young guy, younger than me, probably about 27-year-old cop, which now it's weird, it's weird to be stopped by, by um, it's weird to be stopped by cops that are younger than me. It's also weird, I went to the eye doctor, you know, when I had the eye doctor problem, it's also weird for me to have doctors who are younger than me. It's like, you kidding? Aren't you supposed to be playing somewhere? Did you, did you come here on your scooter? Get the fuck out. You're going to give me advice, but this is the wave of the future. And the guy stands, he stands in front of, he stands in front of my door and is asking me uh, uh, for my uh, license of registration. I go, it's in my gym bag in the trunk. Just license of registration, please. I go, it's in the gym bag in the trunk. My daughter's in a car seat in the back seat. Gym bag. And the guy blocks my door. I go to get out. It's okay. And he puts his hand on his gun. I look at him and go, I'll do this. Now, you're asking me for something. I'm complying. We don't have a problem here. And he goes, oh. And he was like snapped back to reality when I spoke. And he was like, oh, 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 okay. I, I got it. So, you know, I'm not talking about stuff I don't know. My fundamental relationship to the finger putts, uh, the finger puppets of the rich. <laughs> Remember, we talked in the show about the, the symbol for in the Godfather with the hand control and the marionettes. My relationship changed coming from New York to here. And not for the better. But fundamentally, you know, like I've said before, when I was talking about uh, when the, the guy took chase, some junkie out in Coney Island snatched no lady's purse. Do you remember this story? Snatched no lady's purse, took off, and this father of two chases the junkie, corners the junkie in, in, in an alley, and the junkie uh, pulls out a sharpened screwdriver, stabs dude in the chest, and that guy dies. Guy dies. And in the end, I remember the writer wrote it in a way that New Yorkers all understood. They talked about what the old lady had in her purse, and it was like $2.67 or something pretty minor, less than $5. And on the one hand, it was very publicly supposed to generate outrage that this old lady was robbed, you know, or that fundamentally a father, a kid, two kids lost their father to over $2.67. It was supposed to make a, a statement about capital. Well, Nature Urban, the, the guy who did this, the junkie was, I believe, white um, or, or maybe possibly Puerto Rican. The old lady was white. So this typically, as the New York, New York Post reported, they would have made it a New York racial issue. They did it. And at the time when I talked about it on an older show, I said, I'm going to, until, until my very last breath, defend the right of old ladies to, to go hither and yon unmolested. Hmm. So uh, I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend the right for her to do that. But at the same time, I don't want to be stabbed to death with a sharpened screwdriver over two sixty-seven, two thousand sixty-seven cents. Not a both sides argument, but a kind of statement of purpose 
that that I don't give a shit about about whether George Soros is giving money to Black Lives Matter. Because there are a lot of black lives that I know that matter to me. There are a lot of lives that matter in general. At the Apex Center in Las Vegas. Do you think the fact that you do not wear a mask, bald one, convinces us that you have a large penis? Do you think so? Do you think? Do you think so? Do you think do you think that's really the case? That we believe you have a large penis because you don't have to wear a mask. All right. Okay, bro. Your penis is, is huge. Will you get out of my head now? Will you get out of my head? Why are you I mean my attitude about that is like my attitude about a lot of this stuff. Like why are you there if you don't like the sport? So Blades fought a stupid fight. In my mind, Blades fought the smartest fight ever. I was disappointed when Randy Couture refused to box with James Tony, but that was the smartest thing ever. You know why? Like they say in Pulp Fiction, pride hurts. Pride hurts. It's mixed martial arts, also known as MMA also known as MMA. And by, by how tired he was, it was, because if Herb Dean had stood him up with 45 seconds left, there's a strong possibility that Volkov could have knocked his ass out. Six of one, half dozen of the other. It's a great fight. Burgos and, and, uh, and uh, uh, little bald dude, Orc, I forget his name now. What's his name? That was also a good fight. I picked Burgos to win. But by the third time, by the third time, Anik said something like, man, he's got a chin on him. I knew he wasn't going to win. Taking lots of punishment. That's no prescription for success. But all in all, at the end of the fight, at the end of the fight night, yeah, yeah, uh, Emmett, Emmett. I felt like, eh, eh. And we, I tell you, it comes out tomorrow. We did the Care Don't Care this morning about the Dan Hooker and uh, Dustin Poirier fight. And you know, since Poirier dropped one to Khabib, that I've been like, eh. Yeah, durable. I heard durable. What a chin. He's a, eh. I, got, I, had, I think this fight coming up this next weekend, I had the same, like six or seven cares. Like the one that just passed, I had six or seven cares. But if we're going to make a, if the analog or the corollary is compared to drugs, I just feel like, eh, wasn't the greatest high in the world. Wasn't terribly bad, but, eh. But I'm sitting there because it's just, eh. Because it's just, eh. I'm sitting there thinking like, huh. And I'm noticing, I'm noticing, uh, I'm noticing like the bald one. And I'm noticing a bunch of other stuff, Right. I'm on noticing a bunch of other stuff. Stuff I shouldn't be noticing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. Meh, meh. 
I mean, it was thrilling because Herb was like, right. I mean, he's he's enough of a grappler himself. Right on the edge, stand up, and blah blah blah. And just enough. He was so dead. My best part is Blades in the in the interview. <laughs> he was dude was gonna have a heart attack in that cage. Keep in mind, it's also a smaller cage. So fundamentally, if you've watched the show over any period of time, there's been an amazing, there's been an amazing. Oh no, dude, man's been coming in. He keeps starting different. He, Auschwitz cookie ovens smells kosher. He keeps using different names. But listen, if you remember from 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 um, from knuckle up days, and he, and even to now, there's been an amazing. I used to have. I used to be the rugged individualist guy. I, you'd have to go back to an early knuckle up. And I started knuckle up in 2007. It's an individualist guy. But, but, and then I did Blackface, a, a project with uh, Chuck Dukowski. He used to play bass for Black Flag. And we called the project Blackface. And talking to him in, in you know, the hour, hours of band practices we had, and he was like, you know, Eugene. And he gave me the whole idea of 100 babies. Take 100 babies, put them in a field, come back in 100 days, all of those babies are dead. Our society is built on a, a network effect, which we can see. Which we can see with the shutdown. Something as simple as you can't go sit at a restaurant, the whole supply chain of restaurant involvement, the, 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 the pork factories in the Midwest, it's all connected. It's a network. And he said all that shit about the rugged individualist that's a hoo-ha that, that Hollywood sells you to keep you from thinking about um, collective rights. If, if you are poor, that's your responsibility. Just like if you do something especially heroic, that's yours as well. You own that. And he goes, it doesn't work that way. That's Hollywood hoo-ha. Movies made by rich guys for rich guys for the, for the purpose of operant conditioning to control us. We're like Voltron. We come together and form these associations to do things. The pro organized crime is successful because it's a power of organizations. Some guy comes in with a tight suit and, and, and a bulge in his jacket and says he thinks that you should buy insurance from him, though he has no insurance papers. Exactly. Though he has no insurance papers, you believe this guy because even if I call the cops on that one guy, there are 10 guys like that. I've known people who have been parts of criminal organizations. It's, and even once we have started them, and it starts with a collection of like-minded individuals who have their heads about them and, and a, a single directed, uh, directed goal. So all of this, all this casino pimp shit to get you to think it's about the individual, the individual. I'm the individual. I don't have to worry about it. I don't worry about it. You know that they're making me look bad. I, 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 me, 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 me. This shit is injurious. And yet, and yet, left-wing dictators have always been much more horrible than right-wing dictators. So who can tell? But I'll tell you this. 20% of revenue is not enough. It actually, like if you knew how much Tom Cruise got paid, 
you would have a hard time enjoying Tom Cruise movies. And I'm just basing that on a little bit of money I got from Leonard Part 6. You'd be sitting there no matter what the movie was, and it kind of happens now. You're like, man, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is richer than God. Man, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is. Yeah, okay, I got you. Similarly, I'm, as I'm having Nash try to crunch some numbers for me, when I think about how much these guys get paid for what they endure, at 57, at 57, exactly, compared to Kobe, compared to WNBA players. Now, I did Smokers League. I did like uh, maybe uh, about 12 or 13 MMA matches. Depends on how you want to, you want to, want to count them. One nine, like lost, lost, or well, one ten and lost three. Chris Sanford beat my ass, knocked me out at the end of the first round, then choked me out at the, at the beginning of the second round, who was in the first season of Ultimate Fighter. Whose argument against individualism? Um, and uh, then I got, I got choked out by a guy, who, ah, this was great, a guy whose day job was as an uh, uh, orderly at a mental hospital in Napa. He choked me out. And I can't remember the third, the third loss. I know it was in there, um, but I can't remember what it was. But those other two struck me. Those other two struck me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the guy who I beat, who punched himself in his own eye, that was a win that I was really happy about. Also, Mike Swick, just rolling, not competing, but just rolling with Mike Swick. He stove his head into the mat and got dizzy and couldn't continue. I was pretty, I like Mike Swick, but I was pretty happy about that. And I'm going to count that as a win. <laughs> Ken Velasquez, I got, I got nothing. Beat my ass. I said I missed him today, and I do. He, he and his, he, me and Kane's mom became friendly for a bit. She would call me, and we would talk about his fights and stuff. Because I interviewed her on this piece about him. She was great. I miss her too. Uh, um. So uh, uh, on chokeholds, well, I talk. Ah, oh, got my leg. I actually talk about this in the piece because they they're called carotid carotid restraints, and. Uh, most people say that that's not the issue. Um, African-American cops, white cops, prosecutors, they say that's not really the issue. The issue is rendering care. So what they're saying is fundamentally that no matter how somebody dies or gets injured, that you have a responsibility to render care. And that doesn't include standing around with your hands in your pockets. So it's compelling stuff. I'll tweet it out when I finish the piece. It's a bear of a piece to write because the ground keeps switching under me. And as luck would have it, who calls me on Friday night? I got to call him back tomorrow. Bruce Cutler. Love this guy. You know who he is? He's a defense attorney. For who? John Gotti. Love him. Love him, love him, love him. So anyway, that, that's, the, that's the end of the show. I've gone eight minutes over. It's not going to be another, another hour and 40 minutes. Um, no, no commercials at the top. This was a commercial-free show because I wanted to get through it all. And keep it under 140. I'm about to go record another TikTok. If you're on TikTok, 
Type in the Angry Life Coach. I got a, I got a Father's Day tribute. You could listen to it. If you got a good father, which I don't, you got a good father, should uh, tell him Happy Father's Day today. If any of you are fathers and you're good, a good father, Happy Father's Day to you too. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you read it. Good for you. Good for you, Mal Dubious. So uh, that means Monday around noon, the Care Don't Care preview comes out. Uh, Bloody Elbow tweets it out, so check it out. Tuesday night, Kid Nate is on uh, If the Shoes Fit, and we're also going to be on his, for a dollar, you can tune in uh, post-facto to his Let It Roll podcast, where we uh, talk about the hip-hop evolution, continuing discussion about hip-hop evolution, somehow he thinks that Alexi and I know stuff about hip-hop, so you should listen to that. Um, and then rest of the week, I got more articles. I don't know when and how they're hitting, but they, I'm tweeting them out. I did Amanda Seals. Ava DuVernay, who I discovered used to work with me before. All these people, I didn't know I knew Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Apparently, I do. I didn't know that I knew Ava DuVernay of Selma and when they see us. Apparently, I did. She used to work with me when I was editor-in-chief at Code. Who knew? That's Tuesday night. Articles this week on uh, 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 Ozzy.com, which I will retweet out. And uh, I'm going to do my angry guy uh, uh, life coach thing because I know a lot of you are in a position where you need it on Father's Day especially. And uh, God willing, we'll see you next Sunday after the Saturday fight. I think I got uh, – I think I got – how many – I think I got three cares on this card. Not a strong card. And uh, if you listen to Care, Don't Care, I think maybe I came down a little hard on Dustin Poirier. I think I did a little bit. Makes me sad. Oh, Joe, Ho Jogain? No, I, my, my feelings about Ho Jogain, he, he I, when, anybody who makes $100 million just by running his mouth, I got to take my hat off to the guy. I really got to take my hat off to the guy. I wonder how much Mark Marin makes. He's another guy who runs his mouth. Don't know. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Once again, this show, 119, what's for Anthony? Anthony and his and his new baby. His wife had a hell of a labor, but uh, I hope the family's well. If I, if I had an address, I would send you something. Send you something nice. I send you an Oxbow baby onesie, something that looks like that on a onesie. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Look what you made me do! Ah!